So I have the joy this morning of talking about my favorite subject with you. My absolutely favorite subject, it's my, fun, it's my joy to do it, it's the pursuit of patience. Now, let's just, this is where you get to have fun with me, and my family's included. If you think I'm a patient person by nature, if you know me, raise your hand. I'm shocked that anyone raised their hand. <laughs> that was pretty nice. I'll take it. Easy, Vincent. Easy, Vincent. <laughs> Patience. You know, uh, for me, it's as simple as driving and waiting for a light for longer than I think I should wait for. For me, it's being in a grocery store or in a, in a shopping place and someone's all up in my space. You know, you're going to grab something and they come up around you and you see a hand and they grab something from you. Some of you might be like, all you, all you relational people be like, oh, that, how are you doing today? Me, I'm going, get up out of my space. You know, I'm just like jazzed up about it. You know, for, um, for me, it can be uh, just a reaction to difficult things, someone doing something wrong. For, for me, and I am in school, it can be a bad, I get, begin, or, or something from a teacher that I get impatient about something and I, I get, begin to dwell on it, it turns into other things. For you, it might look like something else, things that stir you up and you know what they are. It's easy for me to know what does me, but you all and, it, and your spouse will know. Just if you don't know what it is, ask your spouse. If, if you don't know what it is, if you're a student, ask your teacher or your parent. If you don't know what it is, you know, just, just ask someone that knows you and that don't lie to you. All right? If they lie to you, don't ask them this because they're just going to lie to you again. You know, just find out where you're impatient. And we all, the thing is, all across the board, we are an impatient people. Is that fair to say? Now, the joy of it this morning for me is I want to almost say for the first time in my life, I believe that I am pursuing, I can't, I can't, I'm scared to say it, wholeheartedly pursuing patience. You know, it's a thing that scares me. I have been told by numerous pastors to not pray for two things, humility and patience, because you know what those things bring you. Your pride gets wrecked, and, and, and patience comes through tribulation. But what I can say is this. There's one thing I can say. I have seen the faithfulness of God worked out through tribulation, through difficulties, through trusting God in these things than I've ever seen in the good times. My faith has been increased in the difficult times. My foundation has been secure and has been founded on rock in difficult times because of Jesus Christ. And I wanna say that we as a people should not fall into the category of not asking for patience, not praying for patience, not pursuing patience, not, not, not acknowledging if we're parents when we are impatient, not, not acknowledging uh, uh, to our spouse when we are impatient. We should be in the mood of, in the, in the method and methodology of reconciliation of our impatience. Because what will happen is if we acknowledge it, then we will begin to see things change. So we're going to go in here into uh, James verse, 
uh, chapter 5, verse 7, we're going to start, says this, be patient. Now, let me just say, does that sound like something that's subjective and maybe you should do or shouldn't do? It's pretty direct, right? Be patient. Therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. So they're saying, until Jesus comes back, be patient. We don't get vacation time from being patient. It continues on. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient until it, about it until it receives the early and the latter rain. So what you have to know about this, in the days of Palestine, the seed was put in the ground in the spring, and they had the early rain, and they prayed for the early rain. They desired the early rain where the seed would germinate and would just begin to grow. And then the latter rain would come where the, the, it would produce the buds on the, on the tree, which would produce fruit. Without both of those happening, you don't have any fruit in your life if you're a farmer. Now, we have a lot of farmers around here, and you know, we went through this drought, and you started looking at the corn withering up. You know, we know it needed rain, right? It needed some latter rain to help it produce, or less it would dry and shrivel up. So I want you to think of yourself as a, a stalk of corn, or in, like in our context, soybeans, that you need early rain of, of justification of being taken from a seed and grown in latter rain of the Spirit just working, we prayed for some of this, or sang it, that we get at latter rain that grows and produces fruit in our life. Patience is a product, is a fruit of the Spirit that we should desire, and we should desire that the rain comes. But we have to be patient. Verse 8. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another, brothers, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. Now, this is, these two verses are referencing the second coming of Jesus Christ. These are referencing the things that we have to prepare for. This is saying that we right now have an obligation. We're indebted to the gospel to pursue patience. We're indebted by it. If you call yourself a Christian, we do not have an option. We are indebted to wait it out and to be patient through tribulation for the hope of the second coming of Jesus Christ. Because one day we will stand, if you're a Christian, you will stand and give a record of what you've done with your time. Believe that? That's the part of the Jesus coming back that, that Christians tend to neglect. You know, that there will be an accounting of our time, an accounting of our heart, or accounting of what we did. And I don't know exactly what that's gonna look like, but for us, it has to be something that focuses us and gives us an, an understanding of, of dealing in difficult times and tribulation with patience. Now, during his 1960 presidential campaign, uh, John F. Kennedy often closed his speech with a story of Colonel Davenport, the Speaker of the Connecticut House, of representatives. On May 19, 1780, the sky of Hartford, Connecticut darkened ominously, and some of the representatives, glancing out the windows, feared the end was at hand. This must have been some storm. Stopping a clamor for immediate adjournment, Davenport rose and said, the day of judgment is either approaching or it is not. If it is not, there is no cause for adjournment. If it is, I chose to be found doing my duty. Therefore, I wish candles be brought. 
you know, he didn't give excuses for a storm or tribulation that was coming to check out. And I think that's what we tend to do. Something comes in, a relationship comes in, it stirs us up, we check out. And this guy, just like, you know, we're not going to allow things to distract us from the, from the focus of the gospel in our lives. We need to take that to hand. Verse 10, as an example of suffering and patience, brothers, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. So this is a hearken back to the Old Testament prophets who stood and, and, and preached and proclaimed words from the Lord that judgment would be coming if there wasn't obedience. These were the if-then statements. If you do this, then I will bless you. If you do not this, then I will curse you. And so patience, or suffering is harkened back, and patience, looking back at the Old Testament prophets. A, um, a well-known name in theological realm is called Tertullian. Have anyone heard of Tertullian? What many might not know about Tertullian is that he was an African-American theologian uh, from, uh, he was out of, his father was a Roman centurion, and he was from the northern part of Africa, a brilliant man. And this is what he said about impatience. Impatience was bound up in the original sin and can be traced to every sin we commit. Impatience is bound, was bound up in the original sin and can be traced to every sin we commit. Adam and Eve were impatient to wait on the Lord. They were impatient, right? Well, I don't want to not have this fruit. I want to do it. I want to see what's going to happen. It's like parents, it's like that, that, that box of Oreo cookies that you have up there that your kids look at you say they can't have, right? And, you know, and you're, if they, especially when they're younger and probably sometimes when they're older too, you know, you're maybe in the family room and you hear the crinkling of the box. Impatience. Adults were the same. We just do it different ways. You know, we might, you know, we might just impatiently wait on something, but Tertullian said that all of our sin is rooted in impatience. So it's an important thing that we need to discuss. We run the risk of always being dissatisfied, upset and angry with ourselves for our slow pace of growth and change. I'm sorry, I should have led into that. I'm gonna run down a list, it, it came from coping.org, of the results or consequences of impatience. So here, here it is. We run the risk of always being dissatisfied, upset and angry with ourselves for our slow pace of growth and change. I've done that. I should be doing better, I should be more mature than I am, I should have handled this better, and I get upset with myself. Some of that's self-righteousness, by the way. Some of that's pride, by the way. But that's kind of effort that we put on ourselves. We easily lose control and fire off outbursts of anger, temper, and blame on those who are slow to change and grow. Guilty of that one, too. Anyone else keeping record here? So far, I got two checks. All right. <laughs> Lose control. Impatient, right? 
Anyone done that with their spouse? With your kids? It's rooted in impatience because ultimately, as adults, I think, I've, I've worked this out in my head, as adults, we forgot what we look like at their age. Have you ever thought about yourself? Not the self you think you were. We have a way of aggrandizing our past, right? Well, uh, you know, I was a letterman in soccer. I barely lettered in soccer. Barely. Well, um, you know, I was this. I ran states in uh, the 800 uh, team. I did, and I almost lost it brutally for our team. You know, but it's like, you know, you tend to think, but then I go to how was I at this age? And normally that's where my voice gets settled in my heart. And I tend to have understanding. Because if I remember what I was like, or even suspect what I probably was like, then I have to change. Other consequences change. We become a member of the throwaway generation. Discarding relationships, people, jobs, school, and church whenever things are not working out as quickly as we want them to. We throw away marriages, we throw away relationships, we throw away things so fast, we've gotten used to it. Like even the phone, once it's two years old, it's discardable, right? Things get a little old, we discard it. Nowadays, they make them so they break, but you know, things just, it becomes this throwaway generation, throwaway of relationships, because we do not delve into patience. We waste energy worrying about slow, how slow things are changing instead of directing the energy towards the changes we desire. Let that one sink in. It's so much easier to worry that true so much easier to worry about something oh you know and we know that we can't change anything by worrying the bible says be anxious for nothing but by everything in prayer and supplication make your request known to god but we tend to worry and focus instead of directing energy to things we can change so a healthy thing here is to say when you begin to worry and become impatient maybe write down what it is turn it into a prayer request Right? Turn into prayer request and then say, is there anything that I can do to help create change in this area? Instead of just complaining about it. But our self just does that. Complain, complain, complain by nature. We contend toward that. We withdraw prematurely from a helping situation because we are not seeing an immediate payoff for our efforts. If I could have a dollar for all the people that have shown up and said, I want to grow in Jesus Christ, and I'm like, I'm all in. I like want to do it. And they'll start off, and then it'll sort of trickle away because it gets hard. Because generally, we take the easy path. You know how rivers... You know, when they overflow and they, the water goes to the easy direction. 
And we tend to go that way. And the thing about discipleship and the thing about working with people is that we tend to, when the going gets tough, the tough get going out the door. Or the, not the tough, the weak get going out the door. We, by nature, go out the door. But the, the, the quote I was referencing was the tough get going. If we believe that the gospel has changed, then that means we have to be obedient to pursuing patience so that we don't just get caught up in the short-term benefits. I see it happen all the time. It's one of the things that just wrecks my soul and I, and I get impatient about this a couple slides back there. I get angry about because people take the easy way. I've done it, don't hear me saying I haven't done it. But they take the easy way out because they're impatient. We sacrifice friendships and relationships prematurely because the other person is not changing as quickly or as thoroughly as we desire. This is the wreck of marriages, one of the wrecks of marriages. In premarital counseling, when I work with people, one of the first, not the first, but one of the first things I say, and I'm still learning this lesson, is that you cannot change your spouse and your spouse cannot change you. Anyone want to say amen to that? <laughs> no matter how hard I've tried, or she's tried. My wife's right here, okay, if you don't know. <laughs> Got to be careful. <laughs> but we can't change each other. But the culture just gets tired of waiting for something that they can't actually do, and instead of working out the situation that's given to them, they quit and they roll, and they go. Next, we ignore all of the positive gains we and others have made on the road to recovery and growth, only concentrating on what has not yet been accomplished. I contend to do this. I beat myself up. You know, and, and there are people around me who lovingly will remind me of what God is doing, but I will tend to focus on what, I, what God I feel like isn't doing or what I have not let him do. An impatient person will focus on what isn't happening instead of what is. For one, take some time to be gr grateful. Thank you, God, that even now you're working in my life. Thank you for it. We become pessimistic about life, seeing only the half-empty cup rather than the half-filled cup. I, frankly, uh, my kids have been subject and my wife have been subject to having grown up um, in a, in a um, difficult home with my mom and stepfather. It was a very critical environment to going in the military where all they're looking for is what you're doing wrong. By and large, it's like you've got to dress right dress. You've got to step this. This thing's got to be in order. Um, frankly, it's like it's, it's really weird, but when my son's in uniform, I'm looking not for what's right on his uniform, but what's wrong. Then I go and I'm at UPS as a safety supervisor and all I have to do is go on observations by and large looking for what? What's right sometimes but mostly what's wrong. So I've had to allow the gospel to have change in my heart from going around and I still have this problem. I'm still working it out. God's working in me. He's not done yet to where I come into something. I'm looking at what's wrong instead of what's right. 
the words up here can be 99.9% right, but if I notice one thing that's wrong, gets me. But is your cup half empty or half full? Do you take time to look at things that are a blessing instead of a curse? Next, we will be in such a hurry that we neglect to count our blessings and see how far we've come. We burn ourselves out in the pursuit of vain goals. Take a picture of that one. We burn ourselves out in the pursuit of vain goals. This is why we talk about the gospel so much because you have to line up what is really important and why you're doing it. It has to be somewhat driven in line with what the gospel says. But frankly, we take detours all the time. You know, it's sort of like our car's going straight and we think we're going good and we're driving the gospel bus and all of a sudden that sucker is out of alignment and it tilts a hard right and it takes an exit. Pursuing vain goals. We lose the ability to reward or reinforce any level of success or attainment, discouraging ourselves and others in the pursuit of recovery and growth. Do you take time out to encourage people? Or you focus on what's not right. I just want to say, uh, I've said it multiple times, there is not a person who has suffered from too much encouragement. Bring them to me. Let me meet them. Let me meet that kid that grows up in your home and they go, yeah, man, my parents were just too stinking encouraging. It wrecked my life. At your job, are you encouraging others? Like I had to recently deal with an employee that was very difficult and everyone had almost given up. And, and just to let you know, it didn't work out really good in the end. But um, I came in, <laughs> but I came in on it and I was like, look, I'm gonna teach you the right way to do this. I know you've not been taught the right way to do it, and I'm gonna break some of those habits, but I believe that you can do it. This person looked at me, was like, almost in shock that I said I believed in them. And I said, I'm gonna work with you. Don't, I'm gonna bark orders, and I'm gonna bark directions because it's very busy and hectic. I said, but I'm gonna work with you. And so every time this person would do something good, I'm like, that's awesome. That's exactly what you need to do. Keep going, keep going. Here we go, we're gonna go do this. And I would walk with them, and they would take a package, and we'd move it in, and go here. This is the way you do it. And then when it went wrong, I'm like, oh, no, 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 don't do that. This is not what we taught you, right? Oh, yeah, and, and so it's retraining, but the shocker was how much encouragement increased the effort of the person I was training. But often as employers, I think we feel like we've got to just push all the time. You do, some, but it has to be balanced in grace and demonstrating the patience of the gospel in your life. Almost through this list. We lose the ability to take a large goal and break it down into manageable increments. This hit home for me, and one of the things education, one of the things education has taught me 
is that you can't get wrapped on how long it's going to take to do something. You got to get just through this week. Dr. Pam here, she's not here, is she? No. She told me, like working on schoolwork, she's like, I am enduring it. I had to endure it. And so instead of looking at it's going to take this amount of time to graduate, you have to look at, I just got to do what I need to do today, and then I need to do what I need to do tomorrow, and then I need to do what I need to do on Wednesday, and just do it. But impatience will get us scatterbrained and jacked up to where we're just like, and it feels good because all of our energy's flowing in. It's like, I just don't like this, and I'm just not going to do it. And then we just go, it's impossible to do, and I quit. I quit. I haven't yet, by the way. (laughs) We become overwhelmed by the large task ahead of us and lose the hope and motivation to keep trying on trying. So let's go back to verse 11 in James. Behold, we consider those blessed who remain steadfast. You have heard of the steadfastness of Job and you have seen the purposes of the Lord how the Lord is compassionate and he's merciful. In tribulation, if you're a Christian, in suffering, if you're a Christian, at some point you will sense the presence of God and you will sense an increase of faith and he will give you peace in difficulties. Proverbs 14, 29 says, whoever is slow to anger has great understanding but he who has a hasty temper exalts folly. You hear that hastiness? What is that? Another word for impatience. Remember what Tertullian said? Every sin is caught up with impatience. I get impatient. I risk getting impatient every morning at Dunkin' Donuts. I, I, this has been a sanctified, you're going you're, you're to think it's simple, but it's a sanctifying process. I have this app. When I leave my home, I live right here in Easton. I click on this app, and I have my stuff made. Boom. They know me there. They have that coffee ready. And I'll go through in the drive-thru, because most of the time it's faster, and that one person in front of me They'll sit there for five minutes and decide what they want to order. And it's not just the coffee. Oh, I want the breakfast sandwich with this, this, and this. And I'm like going, there's only one person there that's working at this time in the morning. It takes forever to make that. Why don't you go in the front and walk in and get what you want? I know none of you suffer with that. But I've had to do this. I've had to do this. I don't know if that person is going to the hospital dealing with the death of a parent or a loved one. I ha- this is the things I have to do to change my neural pathways. This person might be unable to get out of their car and have to drive to work an hour and might have to get help to get to where they go. And guess what, all of a sudden I find I have time to pray. Instead of looking at all the things that nerve me up. And that's just one small instance. Dunkin' Donuts, 345, you wake up, you roll out of bed, think of Eric. Just pray for me. Just pray that God continues to work. You think I'm kidding, all right? My wife's like, no, no, you're not kidding. 
Hebrews 6.12 says this, so that you may not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. So that you may not be lazy, slow, inept, but purposeful, making goals and breaking them down to today, growing in your reading of the scripture, saying, today I'm gonna read this. I'm not worried about all year long. Some of you start those yearly Bible plans in, 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 in January, and by the time you get to Leviticus, you're done. Don't focus on that. Just say, today, I'm gonna read. Tomorrow, I'm gonna read. Y'all been through there if you've been reading your word, I know. I know some of y'all skipped over section and asked God for forgiveness so you could check that box. That's guilt working right there, I heard it. But not be sluggish, but be imitators of others who are patiently waiting inheritance. And let's just look at the honesty of this. We have no idea what the day may bring. We have no idea. And we have no idea what kind of suffering we might endure. I mean, one of the things I learned in getting really sick was that health is important. Just like that, things change. So I'm gonna put a quote up here by Victor Hugo. He wrote Les Miserables and The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Probably Dom, but whatever. Have courage for the great sorrows of life and patience for the small ones. And when you have laboriously accomplished your daily tasks, go to sleep in peace. God is awake. Courage for the great sorrows, patience for the small ones. Dunkin' Donuts drive through And when you have laboriously accomplished your daily task, sleep in peace. Man, there's nothing like accomplishing something. You know that feeling when you put your head down and feel like you've done something? The worst thing in the world for me is to go to bed feeling like I've totally blown the day. But when I've worked something, it's legit, not like overworking, but it's like you've set a goal and you accomplish it. When my schoolwork gets assigned and it's done and all this stuff, I'm like, boom, I'm out. Go to sleep. God's at peace. I'm at peace because God is awake. Lastly, Philippians 2, 14 through 16. Do all things without grumbling or disputing that you may be blameless and innocent. Children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you have, among whom you shine as lights in the world holding fast to the word of life so that in the day of Christ I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. Folks, the gospel calls us to this beautiful sanctification process. This beautiful latter rain, remember the, the early rain and the latter rain? If you are not a Christian and you have never put your trust in Jesus Christ, the early rain means that you just say, Jesus, I, I don't understand everything, but I believe that you died on the cross and I believe that your sins cover my, your, uh, your blood covers over my sin and that I can walk in newness of life. Would you please save me? That's early rain. 
but we are dependent on the latter rain. And if you know what comes in between the early rain and the latter rain, anyone got a guess? Dryness. Perfect. Drought. And so as a Christian, we need to be praying for that latter rain that we might bud and give forth fruit so that others can taste and see that God is good. So patience is a part of that fruit. The fruit of the Spirit is plural. It's just sort of one thing that encompasses everything. You can't pick your fruit. It is all together, and patience is an ingredient of that. So church, with me, would you please work out your salvation with fear and trembling as you pursue patience in, at home, at school, at work, with your neighbors, whoever it is that you might shine as a light to those around and as you hold fast to Christ. Would you bow with me as we pray? Father, as we come to communion and remember, Lord, your sacrifice on the cross and we remember the resurrection, God, and we remember Jesus' Jesus's words to go into all the world and make disciples. We also hear Jesus' words to love God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind and love your neighbor as yourself. Lord, we recognize that impatience is rooted in the things that pull against those goals those guides, those directions for us, his commandments. Lord, we ask, Lord, I ask that as a church, Lord, that Oasis might be a group of people that are pursuing patience. Father, that are recognizing impatience. Lord, that they might glory in what you are doing. Father, not given and being prone to acting like everyone else but Lord, that we might have a hope that's in the gospel. We pray it in Jesus' name, amen.